In today's episode, you'll learn Brian and Bill's most hated holiday, and we'll discuss what scares you in the sales process. Welcome to episode 330 of the Advanced Selling Podcast. It's the longest running sales training podcast created exclusively for sales professionals to help you create your own success, not our success, your success. I'm Bill Kasky. I'm Brian Neal. Alongside... Brian Neal. (laughs) You jumped the the shark there. Jumped the gun. We'll be your host for today's episode. Did I say it was number 330? Yeah, and we're the longest running. We can't be caught, can we? I mean, it's too late now, right? If you haven't caught us now, keep going. We just can't stop. We can't say we're the best, although. We can't stop. The high self-regard day, I think we mentioned something about that. (laughs) Hey, Brian, for sales professionals, driving for work is a double-edged sword, isn't it? You know, it gives you the freedom to come and go as you please, exploring the territory, calling on people, doing what you do best. But then there's the expenses. And worse than the expenses is the tracking of those driving expenses. I find that I either spend too much time tracking every mile or I guesstimate at the end of the year, end up losing money on my taxes. In case you're wondering, the 2015 mileage allowance per mile is 57 and a half cents. So it's getting up there and it adds up quickly. If you're driving for work and aren't already using Mile IQ, then you're losing money fast. Mile IQ is the number one mileage tracker app. More than a million Americans trust Mile IQ to automatically log their drives every day. Mile IQ is the only mileage tracker that detects, logs, and calculates your drives for you. And get this, automatically. It's incredibly easy to use and keeps all of your drives securely stored in the cloud. The average Mile IQ user logs $547 a month in trips. That's over $6,000 a year in miles you could be claiming either reimbursement expenses or on your taxes. Mile IQ has a five-star rating in both the Google Play and iTunes app stores. So stop wasting time manually, oh, manually tracking your miles, and stop losing money that you should be reclaiming. Mile IQ does all the work, letting you focus on what's truly important, calling on customers, closing sales. You can try Mile IQ for free right now by texting the word SELLING to 31996. That's SELLING to 31996. Standard message and data rates apply. Text the word SELLING to 31996 to download the Mile IQ app and to start your free trial right away. This is my least favorite holiday of all holidays. And I'm just going to put it I out thought there. you loved it's it. It's Halloween week. And this is the Halloween episode. We're doing an yeah, actual right. Halloween episode. You'll see we're having a lot of fun today. So uh, I know I, I can't stand Halloween. I, I don't like it either. I don't so like why it either. Episode? <laughs> well, that's the jo- part of the joke. We're being forced into doing a holiday episode for a holiday that neither of us really, really enjoy. Now, I'll say why I don't like it. And you say why you okay, don't like Halloween. Okay. Here's why I don't like Halloween. Number one, I don't like the uh, gimmicky element of dressing up in costumes. I used to kind of have fun with that. Yeah, and now it's I just kind of old. And people try too hard and everything. Yeah. And then the second thing is... Uh, being frightened or scared is a negative emotion. And I see absolutely no logic whatsoever in paying money to have someone scare you. It's like here. Like, so you go to haunted houses. Like like people haunted love house. to go to haunted yeah. houses. and the Well, not everybody the, does. Oh, I, uh, I just I hate think, that, yeah. right? And then, and then my kids, you know, the kids love it. And they go get candy in the United States. At least they run around and get a bunch of candy, yeah. which is fine. Um, they're just complete idiots, though. I mean, they're just, their kids are just, just crazy. crazy. They're just yeah. nuts. Uh, and then there's all this candy in my house that yeah. I have to stare at, have to eat. Yeah. Uh, that we tend to end up throwing about uh, probably seven eighths of it away. Mm-hmm. 
which is interesting. Yeah, I never liked haunted houses because it's 6'5". They don't build a haunted house for a 6'5 person. They build it for a 5'10 to 6 feet. And so everything is about 6'3". All yeah. the structures and the, and the chainsaws usually come in from about 6'5". So the wire is supposed dangerous. to just exactly. like a tickle thing actually take your forehead off. Right? <laughs> That's right. Oops. Um, right. This is kind of fun. And, and in the spirit of doing a holiday edition episode, our first ever out of 330 episodes, our first ever holiday edition this Halloween, we have a special guest, don't we, Bill? We do have a special guest and you may recognize his voice. And we're always looking at the podcast here for ways to promote some of the products and the programs and the things we offer. And so uh, we wanted you to take a listen to this and, and let us know what you think. Breathe deep the gathering gloom. Watch lights fade from every room. Salespeople finish their day and lament. A day without all in is but energy spent. Impassioned achievers wrestle as one. A lonely producer cries for love and has none. The cold-hearted prospect rules the night. He removes the colors from our sight. Customers lie, customers fight, but it is we who decide which is right and which is an illusion. If you want to be better than everyone, go all in. A three-hour sales tutorial from Bill and Brian. Now available at advancedsellingpodcast.com. Oh my! Was that who I thought it was? Who'd you think it was? Well, I, well, he's dead. Uh, he's also world famous. That's not the first thing you say about somebody. Well, he's dead. <laughs> well, well, he's dead. I, he is Does dead. that negate his work? No, he's a his genius. Body of work? That's Vincent Price. Yeah, that was genius. That he uh, read at the end of uh, the song "Thriller" by Michael Jackson. That sounded just like that. Mm-hmm. What a wonderful way to promote. And there was a poem too. Who wrote the poem, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what I did was I thieved part of that from the and and you didn't know this. I'm, I didn't. I'm just shocked about this I, because I'm it's disappointed in myself. Uh, I am competent as you are. There was a Moody Blues song called "Nights in White Satin" back in the early '70s. Yes. For those of you over 45 or 50, you've probably yeah, heard it. Heard it. And at the very end, uh, one of the band members reads this. It's called "The Late Lament." And it's similar to that. I actually thieved a couple of lines from it. But I think uh, yours was I, way better. I always loved Well, it wasn't about sales. The salespeople. The real <laughs> one was not about salespeople. <laughs> so uh, we want to know what you think about that. And um, we'll check good. the calculator, see how many products we sell. And, we'll and, and we're, we're also going to have our producer, Travis, play some of that kind of like gurgling pot noise. You know, that, like where there's a pot on like a kettle like they do for witches uh-huh. brew and stuff. Like playing in little ooze and ah, 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 those mm-hmm. little goose, ghosts and goblin sounds during the whole podcast. So prepare yourself for that. <laughs> Which is also funny because most people don't, uh, you know, necessarily listen the day of the thing. So while this is the Halloween episode, you're probably listening to this somewhere between Thanksgiving and Christmas Eve. <laughs> true, true. If you're binge too, listening, so. yeah. So then uh, we'll catch up to you in January. So to keep with the theme, yep. we're going to keep with the theme. Halloween theme, the theme song of fear. here. Theme of fear. We are going to talk today about what frightens us okay. in the sales process. What frightens us in the sales process, and we're going to both share ours. Right. Okay. And then we're going to talk about observations that we've made and what we think frightens others. Okay. I've got I got more than one. Yeah, I do too. I've you got know? a couple. I've got yeah. a couple of them. And it's kind I'm of both. making me nervous talking about them. Okay. You want to let me start? 
Yeah, you start. We'll do, you so do one, I'll do me, one. For you me. Do. So when I'm in my own sales. Let's do us first, then we'll do the things that we see. Yeah, perfect. Uh, the, the first thing that frightens me the most is the money conversation. I uh, get uh, squirrely, nervous, uncomfortable. I never know how they're going to react. I doubt whether I charge enough often. I doubt whether sometimes they're going to see the value I do. I get nervous about how I'll respond if they think, oh, my gosh, that's way more than I thought it was. And it's a a constant work in progress Mm -hmm. for me. And if I never had to do that the rest of my life, I would be very, very peaceful. Mm -hmm. It's the money conversation. Now, the ROI part of it is a piece of cake. I love that. So asking them questions about the economic impact and how much is available and yeah. all that, I love that part. It's Which is only, all part of that. It's it all is. part of the same yeah. conversation. It's just the half that deals with myself. Yeah, you'll say that, that uh, frightens me the most. We talked. Scary. I think we talked about this one other time here recently about the the money part of the equation. I think for mm-hmm. me, it is it is that too. I've got that. I'm not sure it's the am I charging too much or not enough. I think for me, it's more of a timing. I'm always afraid I'm not going to bring it up at the right time. Oh, that's. You know, do you talk early about it? Do you, if a person has never bought the kind of thing that you sell, yeah, yeah. then I think at some point early you have to bring up, say, look, before we get too far into this, let's talk money or let's talk economics or whatever. That's good. But I think it's more of a timing thing for me than it is a is it is it worth it? Because timing does then get into do you have time then to if they say, oh my gosh, it's twenty thousand. I thought it was going to be five hundred. Yeah. You have time then to massage it and work I around see. it. Yes. Uh, I have have another one that that frightens me a little bit that makes it a little scary for me. Uh, And it's actually for most people, I think one of the easier parts, but for me, it's scary is is the the actual closing element of it. So I'm very good on the decision part. Um, I actually, though, get a little kind of fearful, like, okay, they're going to say yes here. When they say yes, like the meter's on. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love, because we, we sell ourselves and we sell our delivery. And so there's this uh, watch what you wish for thing that comes on sometimes like, oh my God, if they say yes, well, then I'm in and I got yeah. what I wanted. And it's a, especially on the bigger deals where someone's paying you a boatload of money to come and do consulting for them. I get a little frightened like this yeah. better be good. Boy, I better be good. Yeah, and you've got a big time commitment too. Yeah, so that, exactly. that figures into yeah. it. Yeah, kind of a funny thing. I think for me, the second area is more how much how much do I share versus how much do I withhold. Mm. And you know, in the world of of blogging and and the world of three hundred and thirty podcasts, it becomes pretty easy to say, well, geez, if somebody wants plenty of information on what we do, it's out there, right? So right. Um, if somebody asked me to share something that's specific to their business, like like Bill, how would you fix this problem? That's where I get a little bit hung up on, well, I would I like to tell them the approach I would take because I think they need an answer to it, but I wouldn't tell them what exactly I would do uh, because now I'm giving away the value. Yeah. And so I'm always that's I'm afraid that I will either err on the side of not giving them enough or giving them too much and yeah. kind of sort of balancing that. Yeah. I'm getting nervous just sitting here. Yeah. I keep talking about these. What do you things. think about that? Do you Ever, I don't ever. have that. No, I don't. Um, I, I have uh, gotten square in my mind on that because I, I, early on in the business, it was kind of like you can't tell them too much and hold back too much. And I tend to be and, and you could you would probably critique me and say you tell you say way too much the first call. And I just do. I just think to your point they they can find it out anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. They can watch the videos, listen to the podcast. So they can it's can they can find yeah. it. What they can't get is me in the room delivering it. And so I'm going to show them what that feels like yeah. and then see if that's what they really really want yeah. there. So yeah. I, I tend to probably err on the side of I'll say whatever I want approach or anything. I also think when you start to do that what you said 
is they watch you think through a problem. They buy yeah. that. Yeah. They'll say, okay, I want your brain on other problems because I like how you think through it yeah. in the perspective yeah. there. And so. I think that goes for salespeople too. And, and I know we're talking about coaching and consulting, but you have, you have two things. You have information and you have wisdom. And the information you have might be product knowledge, how other people have used it. But your wisdom comes from years in the business and your experience, your education yep. and, and watching people make mistakes. And so if you, I think to give them a sample of your wisdom, which yes. is what you're kind of doing there is saying, look, this is Good. information, but let me tell you how I would present that. So let's just do it. You know what? I'm going to stand up. Where's the board? Yes. Let's go. Yes. And that way they have watched you work. And then you can even say to them, well, that's it. That's it's a, really good. That's a private thing. So anyway, what, do you, what do you see that, that you, in your clients and the people that you work with that you see them scared of the most or frightened of in the sales process the most? Being the expert. Oh, that's good. That's good. I think they yeah, really I good, shy but... away from that. I, I think they yeah. experience some of the same things we do about money. But from the first, I, I don't think you and I shy away from that, the expert thing. Yes. But I think pe- salespeople do because it's so foreign to them to position themselves as someone who doesn't know at all, but who has enough experience. And so then sometimes what I'll ask a salesperson, you know, when's the last time you wrote an email to your list saying, hey, here's a way to solve a problem? And the answer yeah. is, oh, I never have. I ne- never would do that. And yet they've got 20 years, you know, 20 years times 2,000 hours, 40,000 hours of helping people solve problems. And we're afraid to put one email together. Mm, that's so true. Isn't that that's that's so true? That's just fair. And it's all in their own deal, yeah. right? Um, the biggest one that I see, and it really, really frustrates me to watch, is the uh, they are afraid to drive the process forward to a decision. Mm-hmm. And as much as they like to think that the, that they're in control or have some influence on that, too many of my clients and the ones I tell them over and over, they just have a fear to to guide someone yeah. to a yes or a no. And they're afraid they're going to hurt their feelings, afraid they're going to press too hard, afraid they might push them away. And I just don't buy any of that. I think people need to be pushed and pressed. And I think it's scary to people for lots of reasons, for things like they're not feeling abundant enough or their attached outcomes. Um, and also just for fear that they may be perceived as uh, pushy yeah. or pressing. Yeah. And I just don't, I don't, if you're, you're intense, clean, you should be. So I, I see people really shy away from that to drive and facilitate a process mm-hmm. forward to a close, not a yes, but a close. But you said also that I think you used the word guide. And, and yes. that is how I think we need to see ourselves as guide, guide people, guide folk. Yes. along this journey yes. that the customer's yeah. on. And yes. so if you don't even see yourself as a guide, you're not going to drive the process. No. And the, the other thing that I uh, see people struggle with is this, and it's kind of a cousin to what you just said, is taking a stand oh. and planting your feet and saying, you know, I know you want price on the first call, but I, I just, just not the way I work. I mean, yeah. I, it's just all, and people are so afraid of that. They or they will say that, they will say that immediately, and then the customer will say, "Well, I got to know pricing." Well, okay, I'll, I'll tell you. you. <laughs> and so it's one level. It, the, the the logic level is very shallow there, or the commitment level is very shallow. And so I think you've got to really take a stand. And how many times have you heard in your coaching where somebody really takes a stand and they take a hard stand, and sometimes you even feel like, "Ooh, that felt really harsh to me," and it all works out for them Always. because the customer says, "You know Always. what? If you're that committed to your process, I'm going to follow it." Yep. Yep. My, and yet the next time, if you're wobbly or if you're feeling lack and scarcity and you look at your pipeline and it's got three people on it instead of 33, yep. you will wobble. Yep. 
one of my great clients that came from the podcast, David F. He knows who he is, and he knows he stood up to this guy in a meeting and thought he was going to get kicked out, and he got a huge, huge seven-figure long-term deal because he took a stand against someone that he was, I think, mm-hmm. inside probably scared to and just let that all go, mm-hmm. and it worked out just brilliantly well. And it would have worked out brilliantly well if he got thrown out too. I think you still sleep yeah. all the night if you take a stand, so it doesn't mean you always get the deal doing it. Yeah, so what, what is it that, that stands in our way? I think a lot of times it's the belief that if we take this, well, it is all the time, it's the belief that if we take the stand, things are going to work out. So it's a belief issue. It's not a, it's not a how do I take the stand thing. That's easy. It's the beliefs that go into that right. that we have, to, we have to figure out for ourselves what is the source of that. And it's always fear, fear of loss, fear of yes. not gaining, fear of what I'm going to tell my boss. Yep. Fear if I take a stand, they throw me out and embarrass me in front of my wife and kids and <laughs> dogs and clown clown faces that clowns. I have made inside. There. That's the, the sour 14th, face. 14th show in a row we've <laughs> talked about clowns. Talk about it's scary. Intriguing. Never make eye contact with a clown. Is this our Halloween show? Oh, we already It did. is our Halloween show. Uh, can I have time for one more? Yeah. Uh, and this to me, I think, would, if I'm listening to this show, I'm thinking, are the, either of these two guys ever going to say this? So I think I'm going to say what everyone's thinking. And that is the fear of the phone call, the fear of mm-hmm. picking up the phone or the fear of the reaching out to the person that's new. And that's innate in a lot of us. A lot of us are taught not to talk to strangers and we don't want to interrupt and we get hung up on cold calls. And, and you know, I'm not, we're not huge proponents of making phone uh, cold calls like, like old school that. Um, and there are people that you think, well, boy, I'd really love to get their perspective. And I always say, so shoot them a note and ask them or call them. Well, da, da, da. that's the fear part. Who, who right? are you trying to get perspective over? Doesn't prospect? matter. Anyone. Like if uh, if I'm working on a deal and someone's like, well, you know, the the GM and the and the bar owner are really into it, but he's got he's got to talk to his brother who's the accountant. Okay. I'd love to talk to his accountant, but I don't want to. I'm like, well, ask him. Ask him if he can talk to the accountant. Well. I mean, we yeah, already talked, yeah. and they do that. Yeah, it's yeah. The, I'm like, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid he's going to say? No. That's all he's going to say is no. And so you just ask. And I think people are afraid to do that. Yeah. Like the thinking column thing, I, I, when I talk about this, I teach the word assertiveness. And I think people are afraid sometimes to be assertive in the sales process mm-hmm. for all the other things we talked about the beliefs, earlier. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I had one more, and that is, um, well, it kind of. I, I thought you were going down to go down the path of the call, the 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 cold call or the initial call, uh, which you, which you talked about a little bit, but, but that is a, that is an anxious, anxious, anxiety ridden type of thing. Yes, completely. So I'm going to, I'm going to change, I'm going to change everybody's thinking on this once and for all so that you will be joyful and and embracing of a cold call. I've got my phone out. Starting I'll dial a number. You say this and I'll hit send. All right. Okay. Ready. So what you want to do is you never, ever, ever are calling someone to ask for anything ever, ever. Okay. It just it doesn't go well. It doesn't look well. It won't work out well. It puts you on the ask side of the equation, which is the one down side of the equation. Yeah, you always call to offer to send or give something away. Ah. Ah. Cold calls become a piece of cake. It's not even. I wouldn't even call it a cold call anymore. You're not. You're not cold calling asking for. It's you're going to offer. Cold it's give. the give call. It's the give call. Yeah. And so, and Help. what is that thing? Well, you've got to come up with it. And I don't know what it is for your business. It could be a demo kit. It could be a present a presentation that you did. It could be digital. It could be physical. It could be you coming mm. over and doing a lunch and learn. For I mean, whatever it is, it cannot be a pitch call no. or a sales call. So, I like that. If you if you get that Give. in your brain, there's never any reject. You know, if they say no, oh well, that saves me two hours, and I'm glad he. I appreciate you telling me no because I wouldn't have wanted to come over there and do it. And then you have, so 
it just changes the whole dynamic of a cold call. It's really good. I love the give. It's a give call. I've got a yeah. client that calls it a help. Calls them help yeah. meetings. He literally goes and meets with people to try to help them. That's his yeah, that's agenda awesome. on that. Yeah. Help meetings. He does five help meetings a week. That's his goal. Wow. Really good, isn't it? Help calls. He's probably got 18 pack calls. Full funnel. Full. full. Yeah. Yes. And he, lots of people that'll meet with him anytime he wants. But he's got to make the call first to, to get that meeting. Amen. Yes. And he's got to position that in the right way. So yes. it has to, it ha, it can't just be a, a a shill for a sales call. Good, it has to word. be something. Isn't that a shill? It is. It's a great yeah. word. I was wondering what you I heard parse. I heard somebody use the word parse did you? last night on did TV. Did they use it correctly? Didn't we talk about it? We did. Yeah. yeah, parse. Yeah, they did. Yeah. To, to they didn't mention in detail. Did they mention? Yeah, there's some mention the other Yohu in the <laughs> middle of cornfields in Indiana with a podcast. You never don't know how to use big words. Shawl, y'all, shawl, y'all. Oh dear God. Uh, okay. All right. Well, that does it for our first and last ever holiday episode of the Advanced <laughs> Selling Podcast. Yeah. That was kind of fun, though. What's the next if holiday? Only we could de- decorate. Do the, we eat? Do we well, but that's only the United States. So that kind of no, that's true. That's true. Alienates uh, Halloween is universal. Our um our. Uh, Friends in the down true. under, That's New true. Zealand, and and UK, and that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, we don't care about them. Uh, oh, we do, we do, we do, especially yeah. on the podcast. So, uh, uh, if you haven't done so already, go to ultimatepregame.com, download a free copy of the Ultimate Pregame. Join us on the in the LinkedIn group, if you would. LinkedIn.com. Go to the Advanced Selling Podcast group. There, there's about five thousand of your closest friends, mm-hmm. all talking and bantering about things about you. Uh, and uh, have a you. have a groovy, spooky night, yes. Boris. So for Vincent Price, this is Brian Neal and Bill Kasky saying, Boris Pickett and the Crypt Kicker 5 says goodbye. See ya. Bye. Bye.